Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza, pizza in the supper time. No, it's at supper time. Oh, at supper time. Sorry. Get pizza in the morning. <laughs> the pizza top. in the <laughs> pizza in the morning. <laughs> pizza in the evening. Pizza at supper time. Welcome back to that's loaded, a so fucking iconic podcast with Caitlin B. I can't follow up with that. <laughs> It's Sarah Bell, but how am I supposed to follow up with that? Sarah Bell. <laughs> it's me. I was trying SP. to make it a song today and switch it up for the loaded listeners. We're so excited because this week we have our dear, dear friend. Actually, this week and next week, we have our dear friend Sean O'Donnell on the <laughs> John podcast. Freaking O'Donnell, Sean everybody. Freaking O'Donnell, sorry. The interview was so iconic that we had to split it into two parts because there was so much good info and we didn't want to cut out too much. So you're getting two weeks of Sean. So get ready. Yep. (laughs) It was just so long when we recorded it. It was like two hours long. And I was like, there's no way someone's going to listen to two hours just like all the way (laughs) through. In one sitting. Yeah, we talk about so much with him and like how he got his start with acting, introducing him for those of you who don't know who he is to you know owning an ice cream business all all of the above so and we took a walk down memory lane with our special times with our special friend that sounds so sexual (laughs) but next week it will be more of your guys's loaded questions and the loaded questions we asked him on the podcast so like a little q a so that's something you have to look forward to but it gets juicy we confront him on the tea we do So do you have anything new that happened this week that you want to share with anyone? Yes, I do, Sarah. Thank you so much for asking. I have a (laughs) Spotify playlist that I discovered recently that is so on brand for That's Loaded that I have to share it. It's called Limited 2. It's as iconic as it sounds. And we're talking Spice Girls. That's Mm -hmm. so Raven theme song. We've got Hill Duffer D. Bewitched. Bewitched. Nelly. Like it has – everything and then some and it's just so loaded so after you listen to this episode you gotta you gotta turn it up and we've linked it in the show notes for you for all of your listening desires you're welcome it's so good i was listening into it in my car and i was just like oh my god i forgot about this song and i even sent it to megan and liz because i was like you guys have to was it why can't i you need liz to fair hear this <laughs> yes yes there's so that many forgotten songs i'm like <gasps> Why just I'm like repeat repeat whenever I think about you like I'm just picturing myself shopping at limited to looking at the hit clips by the checkout area mm, and the candy the candy the little purses with your initial on it yep I had one of those good times good freaking times And last week, we actually started this new thing where we started sharing a loaded review of the week. So I'm going to share one of my favorite reviews that I saw this week. Yeah, it's from Kellyanne Marie. She says, obsessed. Okay, so I totally wish I could be real life friends with Sarah Bell and Caitlin, but the chances of that are V-slim. So I'm thrilled that they came out with this podcast because it feels like I get to chill and hang out with them every episode. I love how opposite they are, but they also have so much in common. Their yin and yang is such a vibe, and I am here for it. And we are here for you, Kelly. So we love you. probably the only time anyone's ever called us a vibe, so... (laughs) 
myself. I know. So I'm framing that and hanging it up in my office. Thank you. And I'm actually getting it tattooed on my ass. So that's hot. So if you want to potentially be featured in next week's Loaded Review, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're really excited. Anytime we get a new (laughs) review, I like turn up hard. Oh, I know. I'm like, ah! Get so excited. Makes my heart happy. you actually like us enough to like write something? That's so nice. You like me? But before we get into the podcast, I do have some tea because, you know, we shared some Bravo stuff last week and it went over so well. Apparently, a lot of you guys watch Bravo or at least like to participate in the conversation, which I turn up hard for. But I found this TikTok. It was filled with tea and it's about Mary Crosby. Is it Crosby? I think so. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Man, we are on the Salt Lake City bandwagon. We are. I love it. And basically, allegedly states that her church is a cult. That's tea. Yeah. And And we got glimpses of it from this season. Yes. And I mean. But I put it up here so I could read it. But it basically says that. So I didn't know that she was married before her now husband. Was she? Which is her step-grandfather. Like, she just never talked about that. And apparently, the now husband manipulated the churchgoers into accepting his union with his step-granddaughter, which is Mary. And they banished Mary's ex-husband from the church. Has he, like, come out and discussed this yet, either? Her ex-husband? I don't. I mean, I feel like he'll speak out at some point. For sure. It's only time. They always do. And then another anonymous churchgoer revealed that Mary's mother did not approve of the marriage. And then she left the church. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. Wow. So her mom apparently didn't approve of it, but she states that her grandma, didn't she like have it in her will that she Yeah, that one of the wanted her to marry her? Husband. Mm -hmm. And then Mm. also apparently I read on another source that allegedly she didn't actually – like she wasn't forced to marry her step-grandfather. It was like a choice. And I don't know. I just think it's interesting because if you go on their website, it's a a Wix website. And I just feel like if you have as much money as she likes to portray that she has, you can at least Mm -hmm. invest it, I don't know, into the church. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Just thinking out loud. Honestly. There wasn't I mean, it's a pretty iconic website. Yeah, I mean, it was really great. She, her grandmother was like talking to Jesus. and Like the, the clouds. Yeah. It's a nice aesthetic. But I also, when I was watching that TikTok, it sent me another one on my For You page. And another scandal with Mary came out that she w- like apparently was complaining that people weren't giving like her enough money. Like, the churchgoers weren't donating okay. enough money to the church, which I, I'm, i like, shocked by. But I need to read more into that before I say too much. But this is all alleged. <laughs> all alleged, not facts. <laughs> I'm excited so don't come for, for more me. seasons of this Salt Lake. Yeah, don't shoot the messenger. Because I feel like we're just getting... Like, they've already given us so much tea and so much mm-hmm. juice in season one that, I mean, the, the next few seasons. And I feel like 
third season to fifth season of of Housewives just oh they get so good because they get comfortable they get comfy more stuff comes out people let loose so I can't wait originally thought Mary wouldn't be asked back for season two but I think with all of the like conspiracies about her being a cult leader I feel like that gives her more (laughs) just casual things oh it's great material I don't know why they would fire someone they usually fire if you're boring and and don't cause drama you know but I just don't feel like she meshes well with the rest of the girls the rest of the group Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see who comes back very interesting. So that's, I'm pretty sure, all that we have to catch up with you guys about this week before we hop into the Sean O'Donnell special. The Sean O'Donnell saga. Sean freaking O'Donnell saga. Sean, oh, sorry, forgot. So yeah, I hope you enjoy happens. this episode. Please welcome Sean freaking O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Sean freaking O'Donnell. Sean freaking O'Donnell. That's your name. <laughs> He's making his podcast debut on That's Loaded, and it's so fucking iconic. It's loaded. It's so loaded, ladies, and so fitting. <laughs> he would choose us. The crowd goes for his debut. Wild. <laughs> Can you insert like a, a crowd? I wish we still had that video recording of that guy being like Sean freaking O'Donnell because that would just be the Sarah. Intro. I tried. I tried researching before this, and I tried to find it, and I couldn't find it. I know. He took it down a while ago. Mm. So, yeah, he gets his name because there was an iconic man many years ago, 2014, I think. And he mm-hmm. made a video about Sean, but he followed everybody Sean followed on Twitter, I think. Twitter, right? Uh-huh. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> Including Sarah and I. We had the honor and the privilege of being followed by him. Mm-hmm. And he made a video mm-hmm. saying Sean freaking O'Donnell, and it just stuck. Who are you for the new fans here, Sean? Give us your ASL. Give us the T. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old enough to actually like know what that is. It's very is, pen 15 sex, of yes, us. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My name is Sean O'Donnell. Thank you guys for having me on. Sean freaking O'Donnell. That's loaded. Sean freaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to get interrupted the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. My name is Sean O'Donnell. I am 25 years old. I currently live in Los Angeles, although I'm a New York born and raised boy. Well, for those who don't know Sean, he started on tumblr many many moons ago 2009 and that's how he popped off which i want to know more about yeah because i was a my that's what i was getting to i was a myspace whore i literally never ventured into tumblr i still don't really understand what it was so let us know how you went from that to building a following on other platforms spill sure. the tea give take us, us it back all. take us back i mean lost okay at the start of it tumblr was it was like the greatest place ever. They, oh, there I, was was, I wasn't on it, so that's oh, false. They allowed <laughs> they allowed anything. It was just pretty pictures. It was memes. Before there was memes, there was porn. There was everything you wanted in yes. one place. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Everything. And um, I just started taking pictures because I was passionate about photography, and I lived in a very pretty place where, where I grew up. And... I just started posting all of my own original photography. I started gaining some following. And then there was one day, I was like 15 years old, where I wanted to try out like studio photography on myself and like practice with lights because my stepfather was a professional photographer. So we had a setup in our basement. And I took like this very corny 
half of my face black and white photo because I was trying <laughs> stuff out. This was, I you know, picture this. 2010. Uh, Cute. And um, I was sitting on my couch with my mother and we were watching the Grammys and I posted it on Tumblr. And I remember refreshing it after like 45 seconds and it had like a thousand notes, which was the equivalent of liking or resharing something is a note. Okay. And, um, and I was like, holy shit. Like, what is, I'm what is going famous. on? I'm famous. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? And then I remember showing my mother and then we clicked refresh like two minutes later and it was at like mm-hmm. 4,000 and I was losing holy my shit. mind. And, and in, the, in the span of like 30 minutes, it went up to about 40,000 notes. And after that, I was like, okay, maybe I should post more photos of myself. So I sprinkled in some photos of me with my own personal photography. And it was the end of 2010. And I had around 150,000 followers on Tumblr, which was like astronomical for 2010, of course. (laughs) So when 2011, 2011 rolls around and Instagram comes out, it was more so that I just started saying like, hey, go follow me over on this and just kind of cross pollinating mm-hmm. that. And so I joined. It sounded so sexual. <laughs> cross pollinating. <laughs> Spread your seed, Sean. Spreading my seed, yes. Um, so by the end of 2012, I had like, th- I think I had 30 or 40,000 followers on Instagram, which was a lot for 2012. Insane. Damn. And then yeah. by the time I graduated high school, which was the spring of 2013, I graduated with 350,000. So it was That it was grew on pretty Instagram? quickly from. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. And that was yeah, that was the the Cliff Notes version of all that. Yeah. That's crazy that that many people followed you from Tumblr to Instagram back then and Yeah. Our, and it still grew. Well, people People were hardcore with like the people that they followed on Tumblr because Absolutely. I had that. Well, not I didn't have Sean's following, but like obviously back in the day, I had the preppy, preppy, the preppy content. Tumblr. Did you really? And, yeah, I, I got so many people who were like, "Oh my god, I found you on Tumblr, so I had to follow you on here because I had to see where the pictures came from." Absolutely. No way. Interesting. So then, when did you hit a million on Instagram? I hit a million. Because it was before we knew you, right? No. I hit a million really? in 2015. Oh, shoot. Like right 2015, okay. 2016. And I've been between a million and 1.1 for about five years, which goes to the credit of the dedication and like the following of people on multiple platforms. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen anymore because there's so much variety. There's so much competition in that. Mm-hmm. So... I actually consider myself very lucky that I've stayed between a million to 1.1 for five years yeah, instead of going insane. down. Um, so many people hit that milestone and then go down. Yeah. Yeah. It, they yeah. lose the M. So it's hard to. Humbling. It's it, so yeah. humbling. I'm waiting like, for it. The yeah. fall from grace. I'm waiting for it. And I, I, I genuinely don't care if it happens because I have such a skewed version of how I look at numbers simply because I've had a million for so long, which is insane to think about you know and i talk to people Mm -hmm. through work that i do that have like twenty thousand or thirty thousand, and i'm like you could fill Mm -hmm. up madison square garden like that's insane to think about yeah but something something about a million is just a little bit different i hope i'm not like blowing smoke up my ass but it's just no it's a weird thing to to think about um 
And I, I don't care if I lose it at all, genuinely, because I, I'll still have 999,000 followers, which is so crazy insane. to think about. <laughs> so like, it doesn't bother me at all. No. Someone asked to kind of going along with that, if your day-to-day is affected by knowing that a million people follow you or seem to know you, like, does it affect your day-to-day or? I wouldn't say it affects my day-to-day. The only thing that it uh, kind of triggers is, I need to post just that thought of like, I need to interact with people. I just need Mm -hmm. to, but I never once think about how will they respond to this or how will they interact with it or how will it make someone feel? Obviously I'd like to think I'm a pretty nice guy. So I don't have to worry about what comes out of my mouth. Um, (laughs) and like, you know, be an absolute schmuck, but, um, no, it doesn't, it doesn't control me because it used to. And it was like crippling anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I have to do this and I have to do that. And now I'm just like, eh, if I just post consistently, like usually a photo a day and like five to six stories, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. It's just the consistency to keep the numbers there. And I think that's how I've kept it at over a million for the last five years is just the everyday consistency, even if it's not fantastic content, which I know I don't do. So it's kind of crazy because the way with your content works is you shoot so much in your apartment and it still gets so many likes. But so if Caitlin and I were to shoot in our apartment that many times, uh-huh. we would get like goes down. a thousand likes. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So your followers are, they I are like definitely, very uh, dedicated. They're engaging. Yes. And do you find that guys or girls like interact with you more? Like what's your demographics? Uh, my demographic, my highest percentage is, uh, the 24 to 35 year olds. Um, okay. Damn. Which, you know, I was surprised about when I when I looked at it a couple months ago, but then I was like, I've been doing this for almost a decade True. now. You know, <laughs> like these people have grown up with me. Yes. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not just children anymore. Um, so it's 24 to 35 and then 18 to 24 is my second highest. And that's like 56% of my demographic is the 24 to 35s. Mm-hmm. And and I have a very large following of 55-year-old-plus women in France. Oh, my <laughs> In France? God. In France in particular. What? Yeah, it's That's amazing. Hilarious. I need to go to France. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Is it more male than female or no, vice versa? No, it is 65% female. And but that's still a lot of men too. What's yeah. funny is about two years ago, because I, I obviously keep track of this stuff pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, about two years ago, it was like 80% female. And to have, yeah. you know, almost a full 15, almost 20% swing of men to female in under two years at Wild. the numbers of a million. It's a lot of, a lot of people it means a, a lot of women unfollowed me and <laughs> a lot of men followed me. They took, they took their place. Yeah, they were they were understanding. How do you think they so. found you? Just ex- probably through us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> probably probably through you guys. Potentially. Um, I never actually asked people like where you found me, where I popped up, whatever it was, because I know that it would influence the stuff that I create and how I create it, and I don't want to have mm-hmm. that type of pressure anymore at all so like i just so don't nice. bother <laughs> yeah it's just, nice that you don't have to worry about that because i feel like that's something i always think about like what what's what does well yeah how can you back. best capitalize on something mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly so that being said how did you come across me because we got to get into the story about <laughs> so many people want to know why your friends why are I'm friends, friends with, with you, you. <laughs> 
And it all stems from no you idea. following me. Yes, it did. Just it's saying. a mystery I remember, still. No, no. Not trying to flex, but. I remember the exact moment. Uh, this is a great story, actually. <laughs> it's so great. Um, I went to a very, very, very small high school. I graduated with like 55 kids in a public school. Holy and um, in like the middle of nowhere Damn. out on the east end of Long Island. And there was this girl that I was in love with. She was the great above me. And <laughs> she maybe led me on a little bit and was like crushed my dreams when she ended up hooking up with my brother one night, my older brother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah, exactly. And so um, after that, I was, you know, like, you know what? I don't really like you that much. She ended up being <laughs> not the greatest person down the road mm-hmm. when she went to college and she did all that stuff. But one day when I was in Los Angeles, <laughs> she sent me a message on Twitter and she was like, hey, do you by chance know this girl, Sarah? <laughs> and I, of course, had no idea who you were. We were in specifically yeah, in the social world, worlds. completely oh, different yeah, universes. Yes. Preppy. And so she says, do you know this girl, Sarah? She is also a Kappa Delta at her college. Um and I knew that this girl that I went to high school with was also a Kappa Delta. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> God. and so the thing is, because I'm so petty, I didn't want to say no. So I immediately <laughs> followed you and messaged you just so that we could have like one sentence back and forth of hey, so that I could text this girl back and be like, yeah, I know her. You Gemini <laughs> energy. Oh, it was so bad. And so I basically messaged you to spite this girl. Yeah. And then I saw that you had moved because she said she has just moved to Los Angeles. That's what it was. And so I messaged you. She's about to move to L.A. Yes. And um, and I messaged you. And when you moved out to L.A., um, I basically had zero friends and I had already messaged you. Same. So like the ice was broken. And I saw that you were, you know, newly there. And so I offered to bring you to a party to, you know, maybe oh to maybe meet some people. And that was how Sarah and I met because I wanted to be petty to this yes. random girl from that high school. That is so funny. And then yeah. we went to this party. You texted <laughs> me, Sarah. Caitlin. You were like, oh my yep. God, do yeah. I go? Like, I don't even know this person. I was, like, I was terrified. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Because it was before I was like, I would say I was pretty outgoing, but like I needed to be, I needed to warm up to people before I was outgoing. You were nowhere no? near what you are today. <laughs> exactly. Like, like nowhere near. No. Oh my God. No. I think, yeah, I hadn't quite found, you know, my my way in the world yet. And Caitlin moved to LA, I think like maybe four days after we went to that party. She moved midweek and that was, yeah. And I don't know. We were like friends pretty instant. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed hanging out with Sarah a lot. Um, How could I not? She's she's just a gem, you know? Um, (laughs) She is. And so we... Obviously had you over the night Caitlin moved in and that's how we all became. Was that the day that we ordered Pink Dot friends. alcohol or was that I feel like it yes, was right when be- I moved we took a selfie in our rompers mm-hmm. and then we were like I was like so <laughs> Pink Dot which is this place you can order alcohol from and they don't really I wasn't 21 yet. No, but I had a fake ID from Florida and I was like apparently it's like the it place works. to get alcohol yeah. underage. So then mm-hmm. they basically like postmate it right to your door. 
he totally knew I was not 21. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, like, are you sure? I'm Here like, you yes, go. <laughs> goodbye. Yep. And we got, we got I, turned the fuck up. I walked into the yep. apartment obviously having met Sarah once because she was like, oh, come over. My roommate just got here. And like, I think Sarah, <laughs> I think, I think Sarah was still pretty desperate for like any other human friends. Interaction. Um, yeah, exactly. So I showed up and I was looking for any reason to get out of my apartment at that time in my life. And I walk in and Caitlin's back is to me, but she's pantomiming, jerking off an alcohol <laughs> bottle <laughs> and having it as one does ejaculate on her chest and i was like wow this girl's amazing oh my god <laughs> like, why smitten. was i doing that i don't remember but it was a fantastic introduction you're like that um, the rest is history you know it really was we spent a lot of time together a we lot a of time lot together because you were our only friend <laughs> like truly so, and Caitlin and I would get fucked up and you would drive us places yeah, like I'm to Wendy's driver. and all oh that. Oh my gosh. It was yeah, great. How the fuck did you do that time and time again? Like I would be so annoyed of us and just being around drunk people Especially all the time. Especially like 21, 20, yeah, it was like, it was 21, so 20 fresh. year old Caitlin and Sarah. So fresh. It was so bad. I would sit in the driver's seat pull into the drive-thru at Wendy's and Sarah would be sitting shotgun next to me and it's a microphone and it's like a PA system and Sarah's trying to lean over me screaming across me it's like two feet from her and I'm like honey please you're killing me let's tone it down it was so bad there was one night for the viewers for anyone that that needs a behind the scenes story of Sarah and Caitlin the two of them would get so drunk that I would end up sleeping on their couch. And there was one night that Sarah decided to rip her pasties off and just throw them at the mirror. <laughs> like they would stick to the mirror. And I wake up I the next God. morning and I'm laying on the couch and all I see is like clumps of hair next to me. And I'm genuinely concerned at this moment of like, what is happening? And I look oh at it. Did somebody die? Caitlin was so drunk, she takes her extensions out and just lays them down next to my head on the couch. I should have clipped them in your hair. That would have been like extra iconic. I'm disgusting. I've done that on multiple occasions where people have had to like walk in and they're like, who the fuck is sleeping on the couch? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, there's some, they're just clumps of hair. Like I had long extensions at the time. Yeah. Yeah. They were nasty, like matted. Oh my god! Oh, what a time! Do you have any other, you know, iconic memories you want to share with the with Travis? the listeners? Travis, Travis, Travis. 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 that was a good one. I, have you guys talked about Travis before? No, that story we haven't. Up? We hinted at Travis for a while. It's but funny because I tell this story differently than you guys tell this story. I want to hear your version because. I know your guys' version. I've heard you guys tell this story in front of <laughs> no, me. I want to know yours. It, no, it's funny because I explain how. I was invited out to this this friend of mine rented out a club every Tuesday night. Oh, and this he would just have called. I can't even remember. I know I could literally walk to yeah, exactly. I know the address, but I don't know no the name way. of it. Um but he would rent out this club every Tuesday and he would invite, you know, a couple hundred people. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. Oh my god, that's even worse. It was so good. And everyone would show up and we'd just have a great time. But there was one Tuesday where there was another event going on. And so, like, no one was really showing up. Mm -hmm. And so I tell the story (laughs) because we walk in and there's, like, 
30 people in this entire club and Sarah and Caitlin are already so drunk that they're on the dance floor having the time Tearing of their lives. Up. They're having the best time. And when With they tell Alexa this, yeah, yeah. Yes. And when they tell this story to people, cause I've been there, they're like, it was the greatest night. <laughs> it was so much fun. I stand and by that. In reality, <laughs> I'm standing in the corner with like three other people <laughs> and you guys are on the dance floor with like maybe two other people. And it was like no one there. So a bunch of gay guys too. They were loving. We were dancing, we were dancing with dancing. them. Yeah. Everybody else was like, "This is so lame." So <laughs> we were there for. So we were there for maybe 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. But we took yeah. those. Uh, let me take a selfie. That's yep. where that was filmed, wasn't <gasps> Absolutely, it? Absolutely. Oh it was. my god, I forgot about that. And um, and so because I was the designated driver, as always, <laughs> as I always. put the two of you in my car and a group of gay men in my car as well. And I don't like I was dropping them off. I was driving them home. And one of their names no, you're taking us to a house party. Oh my gosh, we went to the house yes. party first. That's right. And I was driving no everyone. Or something? It mm-hmm. wasn't NoHo. And I was driving everyone. <laughs> and I introduced you to these these three guys that I knew. And one of their names was Jordan. And for I swear <laughs> to God, the next two hours. Sarah calls this guy Travis to the point where they're all looking at each other like, is she talking to something? Like, is she on the phone? Like, I have no she's idea like, who Travis. she's speaking to. And she's riding shotgun and she's turning around at one point, looking oh at God. him, saying Travis, and he's looking her back in the face like, I have no idea who you're talking to. Sarah was out of her mind. I swear I kept nudging her. I'm like, I don't think that's his name. It's not Travis. It was so bad. I have I have one Snapchat saved on oh my phone my or on my computer of Sarah from that night where, <laughs> where she has a bottle of, I think it's vodka in her arms, but like she's holding a bottle of something and she has the most frightened look on her face and all it says is, I need Wendy's and she looks terrified. She looks so scared. It's fantastic. It's a scary time when you don't have Wendy's while you're drunk. Honestly, I would just like to say Travis was the one who introduced Caitlin and I to the weekend. So big shout out to you. That's true. I remember we were sitting in the car and I hate like picking the music when I'm designated driver because I don't want the other five people in the car to be like, this is shit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I handed it back to him and he put on or nah by the weekend and i remember sarah was like she was like trying not to take her clothes off it was so bad (laughs) slowly stripping she was losing her mind i was like this is the best song i've ever heard (laughs) it was so so good because the weekend like wasn't a thing then really no it and was right before he blew up. And you yeah. guys were like late to the party because the weekend was a thing in like 2010. And this was okay. like 2015. We don't and know these things in Nebraska. I, so <laughs> I, No, I, mm-hmm. it's why me and the other guys in the car were like, are they good? Because like he had been around for a while. <laughs> <From aliens? laughs> yeah, we're like what is happening back there? We're like, holy shit. It was so amazing. Yeah, no, it was I, pretty funny. I specifically remember also leaving that that party and he, Jordan was sitting in the corner like on his phone and Sarah mm-hmm. just goes bye Travis I was like oh my god <laughs> this bitch still just can't one get it final, right like, she had to just get it in there <laughs> oh, but the my thing gosh. is we oh, saw no. him later at another party and he still thought I was like hilarious and I'm like well you are yes I yeah. forgot he like followed up with you after that too yeah you guys were on his birthday were you impressions. 
I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know know where we went. Yeah, no, I kind of just would like ferry you about somewhere. I have no recollection. Yeah, you're like, this is where we're going tonight. I don't know if it was his birthday. The Janoskian parties we've been to, probably. (gasps) Oh my god. Oh, that's actually no. That's where you saw him again. That's right. You're right. Yeah, he was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a picture with him at one. Everyone was there. I know everybody was there because I have photos with YouTubers that I've never spoken to since, (laughs) with a four loco in my hand that I stole from the bathroom, (laughs) half drinking broke their hookah <laughs> pretended was, i did not walked away it was a huge hookah like and the thing is side, no one eat. questioned it you were fine i was like <gasps> as soon as we walked into that party i remember there was so much alcohol on <laughs> the like center island yep, at, in the in kitchen, the kitchen. Yep. oh my god and caitlin and i were like wait this is like free Free for free all, alcohol. like we can drink as much as we want, <laughs> and we instantly pour like an entire they- solo cup full of just clear, plain vodka. Mm-hmm. Oh and my god, you were taking it. There was a moment where yes. Caitlin was just out of her mind. I think it was, it was definitely. I think it was actually the first time we were there because I think you guys were still so baffled that this was like for everyone to take. That <laughs> Caitlin opened the freezer. <laughs> And like, because we were in the kitchen, she opens the freezer and there's a bottle of Jaeger at the bottom of it that was like unopened. (laughs) And Caitlin turns to me and goes, take it. (laughs) What? Oh, that was my klepto phase. Did you? I did did take it, actually. Sarah and I had a a bookshelf because we stayed at an Airbnb this summer and he had a bookshelf. So we just kept every alcohol bottle from that summer and we just lined it up to see how many we went through. It was I like remember a packing you guys up and yes. when yeah. you were moving, it was and I like had to throw it away. 40 something. It was disgusting. That's, what is what it was. And that wasn't even a whole summer. That wasn't three. Like it was just two and a half yeah. months, I think. Two and a half months of 40 bottles. That's disgusting. It was yes. like we rock. Anyone listening, just remember that like borderline abusive alcoholism <laughs> in this moment. It was not chill. It was not healthy at no. all. Um, it was but so we w- made great memories with oh, that Oh, it was alcohol. fantastic. It got to the point that like they would just drink and I would just, you know, DD for them to where <laughs> we would walk into the Janoskin party and people would be like, well, there go our chasers because I would just sit there and drink like <laughs> orange juice and cranberry juice and like I would take all the non-alcoholic stuff to the point where I had to start bringing my own chasers to like replace them because like people would get mm. pissed at me and Caitlin's over here with a full solo <laughs> cup of vodka. It's so wild that <sighs> you withstood those three And the fact that I'm still months. talking to you people. I know. I yeah. do not know how that's possible. Yeah. Saintly. We did like everything for after like 3 p.m. Like we'd get work done during oh, the yeah. day and then Sean would come over and it was yeah, we were time functioning. to do the same thing. We're like, oh no, right, we, yeah, we, we definitely alcohol. handled our stuff. It was just like <laughs> demon hours from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. that were like really questionable. <laughs> They're coming alive. <laughs> it was so scary. That's a little walk down memory oh. lane. How did you get into acting? I want to know acting. how you, I want to know how you started from Tumblr, you were in New York to yep. all mm-hmm. of a sudden Moving to LA, acting. Yeah. How did you transition from that? So to what had happened up? was the social media thing was was snowballing when I was in New York when I was in high school. When I was, it was the summer between junior and senior year, which was uh, the summer of 2012, mm-hmm. and I had been <laughs> contacted by a representative from Sony Music Group to 
do the American version of a One Direction, like five guys <laughs> doing this whole thing. <laughs> and so that was the business plan. And it went as far as auditioning and being accepted and knowing some of the other guys that it was going to be with. And Mm -hmm. uh, they were going to move me out before my senior year finished. And I was a little on the fence and I decided to not do it. It ended up not even actually happening. It got dissolved because I decided not to and one other guy decided not to. So they didn't didn't find people to replace us at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I started getting some... Uh, some inquiries from management companies and agencies and whatnot. And this gentleman reached out to my father and asked if I had representation, if I was in the entertainment industry, blah, blah, blah. Cause he knew I was a minor. Um, and we started like looking into it and thinking about it. Long story short, we had one meeting once and that was in December of 2012. And then fast forward six months to graduation day, um, June 22nd, 2013 and I'm standing there with my entire family in my living room after the whole graduation ceremony and some friends and family and whatnot. My parents are divorced. Mm -hmm. They're both standing there. We love you. So proud of you. Blah, blah, blah. We have a surprise. We're going to give you a one-way ticket to Los Angeles. And it was supposed to be for the summer. And then I would go to college in the fall. I decided that one summer wasn't going to be enough. So I deferred college for a year and I was going to basically give myself a year in Los Angeles. And if nothing good happened, I would just go to college. But if some good stuff happened, then I would, you know, keep it going and and see how that went. So it was for two days later, the plane ticket got on the plane and came back five years later. And that was, that was kind of that. Um, It was a little hectic. And for anyone wondering, because this is a question I get a lot personally of like, how did you do that? Like how logistically, how did that work out? Um, my family was pretty poor growing up. This wasn't something like, Oh, well, like, you know, pay for your, your travels and such. I went with $800 in my pocket, you know, you figure it out. It was, it was difficult, but, um, yeah, I started taking classes and doing auditions and whatnot. And, I booked uh, a Google commercial for voiceover uh, at the beginning. And that was fantastic. I loved it. It was amazing. And I just started booking a couple things and saying no to a couple things. And I really enjoyed it. I really did. But it was getting to the point where um, the relationship with my manager at the time going on about two years was becoming not great. And he ended up being a pretty awful guy that took advantage of me in in a number of ways. So that kind of soured it for me uh, at the time. And you lived with him, didn't you? I did. I lived with him. I lived with him for about two and a half years. And uh, this is the word of warning to everyone. You know, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself and you gotta watch out for yourself. Um, And trust is a pretty difficult thing to come by. And so just uh, be careful. But I, I, I felt that something was wrong. I, I felt that something. Uh, so when I went home for Christmas back to New York, as I did every year, I said, uh, I said to him, you know, I'm, I'm not going to come back out to Los Angeles until I see all of my paperwork, all the contracts that I've had. I want to re-go over them with my personal lawyer. Um, 
all the monies that I've made because he was helping me financially to like pay for acting classes because I had no money. And so he was investing in his client because he thought that, and I thought as well, that one job could cover the you know 15 grand that he put up to cover classes and all that stuff, um, which it absolutely could. So naively for about two years, I kind of just went with it and booked a couple jobs and was like, okay, I know that I'm paying him back while this is happening, blah, blah, blah. But long story short, we get back all the paperwork for everything. And it was found out that he had stolen a lot of money from me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not <laughs> I'm not coming back to Los Angeles. Shit. Like, obviously you're fired, blah, blah, blah. Move on from that. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I cannot let this guy, you know, defeat me and, and make me go back to New York tail between my legs and, and give up. So I moved mm-hmm. back to Los Angeles for about two years until like 2017 and um, did, did a lot of work that I was, that I was really happy with, really proud of to the point where I was like, okay, it's, I, I don't need to live in Los Angeles. And it was mostly that the acting thing um, while I booked some great jobs, which you guys gave me, all hell about when I <laughs> when I didn't invite you guys. I love that to video. my first movie premiere. Um, oh yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna yeah. talk about that because mm-hmm. so, still salty yeah. about it. Um, yeah, we don't forget. No, and forget, I understand. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I realized that there was a lot of other things that I could do and that I was uh, talented in that I didn't have to be beholden to just the acting world. So I, I started to branch out a little bit, which we can get into later if we want. Then mm-hmm. I guess that's why you moved from LA to New York. You just wanted to venture in other things. Yeah. Um, you guys know it, you know, as good as anyone else that you never know when your next check is going to come with social media, you know, you yeah, have true. absolutely no idea. And it terrified me because I was, I've been, you know, I come from a family that has no excess financial means. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had, I think it was like 12 or 13 eviction notices throughout my life because I could make 20 grand one month and then not make another dime for four months. You know, you have no idea what's yeah. going to happen. Um, and so I hated that. I absolutely hated that. I hated being beholden to social media and the money that comes along with it or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start companies. I wanted to start doing things. And I had an opportunity to buy an ice cream company in New York. And yes, so, that's what I'm so curious about because <laughs> you guys don't really know much about acting that. to owning an ice cream shop. No, I saw absolutely. it on Instagram and I was like, what? Yeah, absolutely. Is this and I want to um, know and you did it with your family, mother, right? Your my mom, mother, my mother. Yeah. Yeah. How did you um, get into that? It was a company that had been around for seven, eight years before. And they're basically from like my hometown area. And I knew them. I knew the people. I knew the company very well. And they were a beloved ice cream company. And they were having some family issues. So they were looking to sell the company. And I was like, mine. And so we took it. And the entire plan was to buy the company, expand the reach expand to more mm-hmm. stores, more restaurants, etc., and then just sell it for a profit. And that was that. And we did it in nine, 10 months, much sooner than I was expecting to do it. 
but someone made an offer that was lovely and that was that honestly some of the most fun ever um running an ice cream company you're every seven-year-old's oh, for sure. dream you're the ice cream guy honestly you know? like, just the mouth on the soft serve you're the machine coolest <laughs> person ever yeah so did you have someone like mentor you into this like business world because how do you just go from you know acting and doing social media to knowing how to run a business <laughs> Um, did you have to like learn how to make ice cream? Like I, uh, that is just such a whole I, other world to me. I did have to learn how to make ice cream. That was, that was difficult. The, um, but your mom knows that kind of stuff too, right? My mother and my father are both chefs. And so is my sister. Oh, they are? Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew yeah. your sister was, but I yeah. didn't know your parents um, My parents had a restaurant when they were together and they did all okay. that lovely stuff. Uh, ice cream is a little difficult and a little, a little different when it comes to, it's not, you're not baking dinner, you know, <laughs> it's, it's different. Yeah. Um, so it's a different skill set. When it comes to the business aspect of it, my my father's been pretty good in business. And at the end of the day, the advice that I give to really anyone when it comes to pursuing anything that they want, because at the, the moment I run four companies and obviously my own social media stuff. So there's a lot of business stuff that I do every day. And, and at the end of it, you will figure it out if you just work a little bit harder than the person mm-hmm. next to you. And mm-hmm. so while there was a lot of stuff that I look back on and I go, I could have done that differently. I should have done that differently or I could have learned this. Um, you're never going to learn it and be better until you actually jump in and try it. And you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And I absolutely did with the ice cream company. But I also learned an unbelievable amount about myself, about my mother and about just business in general. And so mentor, I'm not entirely sure that that word works but i've had a lot of guidance from my father and just people in general um so you own a business with your dad right i do i own uh i work on two companies with my father one is real estate based um mostly commercial real estate and then another one is a startup that is based around the arts community so yeah i stay busy Yeah, you're insane. (laughs) What inspired you to get into all these different business ventures? It actually, this is where it comes full circle. The being scared of not knowing when the social media well will dry up for me, you know, Mm -hmm. of, yeah, I have these numbers, but they only mean so much if you don't have the engagement and the people that are willing to actually interact with what you're doing. And so with that fear, a couple of years ago, four or five years ago now, I went, okay, (laughs) I need to start doing business things that will be an actual sustainable financial revenue stream. Um, And there's a lot of things that I'm interested in. There's a lot of things that I think I can do well. So I started just doing all of them because I didn't want to be 65 and go, wow, I wish I did that or I need to start doing that now. Um, I made it very clear what I wanted my goals to be in life to my my manager, my financial advisor, and I went, this is, you know, how, this is how we're doing it. And are they all like East Coast based? You're the yes. companies that you work for. So you have to wake up super early. Like what's like a day in your life? Um, first like? meeting, Take us through. I, I usually wake up around 6.15, 6.30 and because all my employees are on the East Coast. So my first, yeah. my first meetings that are at 9.30 a.m. for them or 10 a.m. for them, I'm just, mm. you know, waking up a little early. Um, and I have some meetings with people over in India. And so that obviously is an entirely different timetable. Um, so I have meetings typically from like 6.30 to probably 11.30 mm-hmm. Pacific time. 
But what's good about that is I'm done usually around noon because I don't have like any of my employees really like work past 3.30, 4 or anything like that so mm-hmm. that they can, you know, deal with kids, take them to school, pick them up from school, um, all of those things because, you know, you got to be thoughtful when it comes to, you know, people that work for you. And um, that means that my work day on the East Coast is done around noon. So that gives that is usually when I start doing my own social media stuff. Like if if you look closely, you'll see that my my posts and my stories and all that stuff, unless it's a different day, it all shows up around noon, one o'clock Pacific time. Um, so that is that's pretty much what I do for the afternoon. And I I, I make dinner and I play some video games, go to bed, and do the entire thing over again. Okay, so that was the first part of our interview with our dear friend, Sean Freaking O'Donnell. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes, and there's so much more to come for part two next week. Like we said, we're continuing it by sharing your loaded questions that you had for Sean. We have our own loaded questions for him. We get juicy He spills some tea that he's never shared before anywhere on the line. So get ready for it. And also something we discussed with him was having him back on as a guest (gasps) where he answers your questions about men, basically. Yes. Some guy advice for girls. So if you want to see that, let us know because he's down. We're down. Sounds like a good time. Don't forget to review. Yes, leave us a loaded review and you just may be featured in our loaded reviews for next week. And we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, bitches. (laughs) That was perfect.